the topic today again is the wilderness, and this is part two. And last week we we in Hosea eleven one. You don't have to turn there. I'm just giving you the script. Hosea eleven one. This is after the children of Israel. God is re- is recapping what He did, and He said, "When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son." And which which was which was really interesting about that is. God defined the congregation of Israel, the nation of Israel, as his son. And uh, I thought I was really unique. But then I started seeing a pattern, which, which I'll, uh, I'll touch on maybe today or, or next week. So Israel was a child, but Israel was also a slave. Israel was also a son of God. Israel also was a congregation, the people, or sons of God. Israel also was an heir to a promise, (laughs) an heir to a kingdom. But the Lord said, Israel was a child. And as a child, a, a child has a certain mentality. And this child, this Israel, this child that God took out of Egypt, and Egypt is a type of the world. God took his child out of Egypt. But he took his child out of Egypt, but this child had a certain mentality. The child had the mentality of a slave. The child had issues with lust and greed. Not being satisfied and only desire to fulfill the desires of the flesh. The child only wanted the things that they came out of came out of Egypt. They came out of the world. That's what the child knew, so that's what the child wanted. The child would have quickly reverted back to the world. So if you look at the history of how how God moved them through the wilderness, He even evaded the Philistines because they could have gone through the Philistine, the, the land of the Philistines, but because the Philistines were a mighty people, had a great army, God moved them, he bypassed that area. Because God said, if they are faced with war, and they see the might of the Philistines, he said, these people will run back to Egypt. Alright? The mentality of this child, this child had no vision. This child could not grasp the vision God had for him. or the, They couldn't see it. This, this child, the congregation couldn't see it. God says, I'm bringing you out of Egypt to take you into a promised land where you'll be a kingdom of priests and kings to me. This child has no vision of what that means. And think about us today. When God says that we are kings and priests to God, many believers have no clue of what that means. We have a mentality of children. This child, his mentality, was disrespectful to authority. The way they spoke to Moses. The way they spoke about God. No respect, no reverence for God's authority. Because they just said how they felt. And they made demands about what they wanted. Irregardless of what Moses said or what God said. And what did it take? It always took God to do something to them. Then they would beg Moses to intercede. And then when God stayed his hand, 
They be quiet for a while and then they start back complaining again and belly aching. And if you look at the analogy of our children, you discipline them for one second, the next minute or the next day they're back onto something else. That's how Israel was. And in Galatians 4, 1 through 3, last week I touched on, and I read the scripture for you. It says, Now I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he's master of all. An heir, even though he's master of all, He's no different than a slave. But is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. And he say, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. He's saying that a child is a slave. We were slave to the world. But it's under the tutorship and guardianship of the Holy Spirit. Until a time appointed by the Father. The same thing with the children of Israel. They were slaves. They were in Egypt. Taken out of Egypt. (coughs) With a slave mentality. With the mentality of a child. Where Father has a promise for them to inherit. But he has to school them on their way to their destiny. Until the time appointed. So that they can inherit that promise. So they are. An heir, but they have the mentality of a slave. They don't know who they are. So we are no different than the children of Israel. And I always say, when I read, and I, um, even, as the Bible says about these stories are in the Bible for our learning and for admonishment, I never ever pass judgment on the children of Israel. Because I understand, as we go through, as I go through my drama, I understand, and we are under a better covenant. It's not easy to walk by faith. And this is what God was requiring from them, of them. But they couldn't relate to what, to what God was doing or where he was trying to take them. So after one is saved, after one is taken out of the world, out of Egypt, there's a process or processes one has to go through where we are tutored and schooled. We become heirs with Christ when we are born again. We are taken out of the world. But we still have the world in us. We still have Egypt in us. We still have the mentality of the world. We still have children. Because why are we children? Why did the Lord, why did the Bible say in Galatians that we are children? Because it says here, we are in bondage to the elements of the world. When you are in bondage to the world, the things of the world, you are a child as far as God is concerned. Why? Because you're an heir, but you're not master of your inheritance. The master, who's your master? The world is your master. So you're a slave to the world. So he's saying, even though we are born again, we still have the world in us. And we still have the mentality of a slave. Why? You're a slave to the things of the world. Just as as the children of Israel, when they're taken out of Egypt, they still have the, the mentality and the desire for the things of Egypt. So let me define the wilderness. The wilderness is, the Hebrew word for it is pronounced midbar. 
which refers, refers to a pasture, an open field, a desert. It's a solitary place, a barren, dry, and lonely place. And my little definition here, it's a place of separation, where you are cut off, isolated. The children of Israel were cut off from their source, which was Egypt. They were in isolation. If you look at how God moved them through the wilderness, they were in isolation. They weren't associating with anyone else. God purposely kept them like that because He had to school them and train them. He couldn't have any other outside influencing their mind, their mindset. That's why when He told them, when they were moving into the promised land, He said, drive out the inhabitants of that land, lest you become corrupted by them. Right? So all will, the wilderness is a solitary place where we are separated and cut off and isolated. And I believe there are two types of wilderness experiences that we'll go through. Two types. Number one, the God-imposed wilderness experience where we are schooled and we are shaped to be schooled and shaped. And the second is the self-imposed wilderness experience which I'm not going to talk about today. I'll talk about that another time. So there is the God-imposed wilderness experience and the self-imposed wilderness experience. I would like us to turn to Deuteronomy 8 and we read verses 2 through 18. And I I believe we need to read this and this is important to to be read. But most most of today and part of next week I'll be spending time talking about the God-imposed wilderness experience. And truly, this is nothing that we haven't heard before, but I believe in this time we are living in, it's even more important that we understand why we have to go through a wilderness experience. And when we go through it, we are not alarmed, but we understand what God is trying to do in our lives. So, let's begin Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 through 18. I know it's a lot of reading. But I don't like to take pieces of scripture. I like to read and get the context of what is being said. Are you ready? Verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the, all, <coughs> led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. To what? Humble you and test you. Who is doing the leading? God. To humble and test. That's one. To know what was in your heart. Whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger. And fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know. That he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. But man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Your garments did not wear out on you. Nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Nobody was sick. Nobody had to go shopping for clothes. Nothing wore out. They were in health. Verse 5, you should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. 
Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in His ways and to fear Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines, fig trees, pomegranates, a land of olive oil, honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. You talk about a land of abundance. In which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of those hills you can dig copper. <laughs> when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments and his statutes which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have, multi have is multiplied when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land, where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock? Who led you, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, and that he might test you to do you good in the end? Then you say in your heart, My power and might of my hand has gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Now I read all that. And the Lord plainly says why He's brought them through the wilderness. So the Lord is doing the leading to humble them. Why? Because they needed to be humbled. They needed to change. Because they have the mentality of a slave. Of a they have the mentality of a child. Disobedient. Selfish. Greedy. Lustful. Demanding. If you're an heir and you have to rule, you cannot have that mentality. Because you have to rule the way your father would rule. And as far as I know, the, the God we serve, their father, is not greedy, is not lustful, is not demanding, is not selfish, is not self-centered. He cannot turn over his, an inheritance to an unruly child, to an undisciplined child. So they had to be humble to heed the voice of God. To pay attention to what God had to say. To obey as God said. They had, he also had to bring them through the wilderness. To know what was in their heart. Whether they would obey him or not obey him. A wilderness experience that we have to go through. When, you go, when God brings you into a wilderness experience. It's not that he doesn't know what's in your heart. We don't even know what's in our heart. 
And he brings us in the wilderness and through the wilderness so that we can see the reality of who we really are. Because many of us would say we are holy. We are walking in God's ways. We are righteous. We are this and we are that. Very religious. And clueless to who we really are inside. And when God brings us in the wilderness, we really see we are not as holy and righteous and just as we think we are. That we have faults and we have places in our lives where we need to improve and we need to change. I know because I've been there. If you're selfish, when God brings you through the wilderness, you will show you that you are selfish. When you come through, you will no longer be selfish. If you're greedy, exactly what's going to happen, He's going to bring you through a wilderness of lack. So that your desire for greed... Your greedy attitude and mentality. When you come through, you will no longer be greedy. Whatever it is in you that's not the character of your father, God will bring you through the wilderness so that he will root that out of you and replace in it his character in you. Every child of God will go through that experience. The children of Israel had to go through the wilderness so that he had to get these things out. He made them wander 40 years so that he can get rid of a generation who despised the promised land. They spoke against God's desire for their life, the promise. Because of that, he said, all of you who spoke against me, you all will die in this wilderness. And your children will get into that promised land. They will inherit the promise and you all will die in your sins. You will die in this desert. You don't deserve it. So what we have to learn from that is what when you go through your going through your wilderness experience, don't fight God. Don't fight God. And he said here to see what's in your heart, whether you would obey, because that's a crossroads. The crossroads. You got to make a choice: Are you going to obey or are you going to be rebellious? Because the more you re- rebel, the longer you stay in the wilderness. And there will come a time God will say, that's it. You're going to die in the wilderness. I'm not, you're not going to come through. You're not going to come out because your attitude stinks. So as I said, you could be as mad with God as long as you like. God could wait you out. And the folly of man is thinking that they can spite God. Or do something again. Oh, I'm not going to worship you. I'm just going to be here all by myself. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to read my Bible. I don't have to praise you. I don't need you. God will say, it's all good. I'll wait you out. You could either come to me, humble yourself and come to me, or you just die. Die in your sins. Salvation is a choice. Oh my God. The folly of the heart of man. Thinking he can ransom or or bribe a mighty God. The folly. The folly of it. That's why the Bible says, talk about fools. God sits in heaven and he laughs. He laughs at all these... Oh my God. People have it so twisted. God sits in heaven and laughs. Because all these people, he just wait them out. 40 years is nothing for God. <laughs> I just have to laugh. 
again, he allowed hunger, leanness, to make them know, and this is very important, because Jesus touched on this when he was being tested by the devil. To make them know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word from the mouth of God. Why? He will allow, God will allow discomfort and disquietness in our lives. So that we have to learn to trust Him and take Him at His word. And don't become complacent, fat and lazy. And there's another thing which I'll touch on. But he allowed leanness. God will allow leanness in your life. In your wilderness experience. As he did with the children of Israel. So that they would know that the quail, the meat they want. The leeks, the this and that. That's not what's going to keep them. The word of God. Living by the word of God. Every word that comes out of God's mouth. Obeying that is, your, is what's going to sustain you. Man does not live by bread alone. The bread, the natural bread feeds the flesh. But the spiritual bread feeds the spirit which is eternal. The natural bread is temporary. The spiritual bread is eternal. We have to, that's what he is teaching them. And that's what we have to learn. So God would allow leanness. He'd allow leanness. Many body, yes. He said he's bringing them into a land of abundance. Which is true. But you bring them into a land of abundance with the mentality of a slave. What do you think they will do with, when they get there? They will squander it. They will fight over it. They will bicker over it. They will lust over it. So God doesn't want that for us. He has to change their thinking. He's going to wean them off the things in the world. In Egypt. The things that will keep them back from fulfilling his promise for their lives. Their purpose for their lives. He's going to take the things out. Of them. Of the world. Of Egypt that's in them. He's going to take it out and put things in. God is going to remove their crutches. The things they relied on. In our lives. Anything that we hold on to very tightly. God is going to remove it. Because why? It's an, it's an, it's an idol. Is our crutch, is what we hold on to, is our security blanket. God is going to remove those things. And He's going to separate us. Why? Because our confidence and our trust and our hope has to be in Him and Him alone. Because if, why did Jesus say to the devil, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God? Jesus was hungry and he has been tempted by food. There was a need for food because he hadn't eaten in 40 days. Well, he was there 40 days and 40 nights, but he hadn't eaten for a while. So he's hungry. So the temptation is for him to satiate the flesh. The same thing with the children of, Egypt, of, of Israel. And the same thing with us. We have to learn to rely on the word of God because the tempter will come and test us with the things that we desire. So we have to be able to stand on the word and not give in to the tempter. Wait, I've got something good coming for you right now. They won't, and this is very, 
very important. And, G, and when, I don't know if you ever see it like this, but watch this. They won't despise their birthright and sell it. Glory to God. Let's go to, um, oh my God, I didn't get the scripture with, with um, Esau. You remember when, what Esau did? Yes. Esau was the firstborn. The one who is supposed to inherit the promise. He's the firstborn. By right. But Esau sold his birthright because he was hungry. He didn't understand the impact of that decision. The impact of that decision. He sold his birthright to satisfy his flesh. That's why Jesus said here, man shall not live by bread alone. Because Satan was tempting him to sell out his birthright. The same thing with us. Every time we yield to the flesh, when the tempter comes, we are giving him authority. We are giving away our power. We are selling out. So that's why, I'm telling you, I was reading on it, I've never put those together. See, you probably knew that, but I'll never put that together. But I see, I saw it. I said, oh my God. It's like, ping, 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 lights going off. We're selling our birth. We are masters, kings, and priests. The one we have authority over is seducing us with the flesh. And we are giving in and giving away our birthright, our power. That is powerful. You're giving away your power. So Jesus said, get behind me. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we will be put through the wilderness so that we can recognize who we are. And the choice we have to make. And... My, look, brother, my sisters and my brother, let me tell you something. We have some hard choices to make coming in this world. Some very hard choices to make. And God will put us through what He needs to put us through. So when we get to these places, we, have, we, are, we are able and have the courage to make the right choice. We're talking life and death choices. Giving away our, 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 our inheritance or not. It's not going to be easy. But that's why the Bible talks about we have to encourage one another in the faith. We have to walk in the gifts because a gift of prophecy, a, whatever gifts, we need to hear from the Holy Spirit. Because what your gift or, or whomever gifts is to make sure that we all hear from God. Because it's very important that we actually hear from the throne of grace. Not what we impress, what we feel. We gotta know what we're hearing is what we need to hear. Because what we, what we say by the Spirit affects everyone who hears it. And we have to make decisions based on that. That's not, that's, that's, that's serious. The times we're living in. I'm excited about the times we're living in. I don't know about you, I'm excited because I'm seeing Bible. I'm seeing things accelerating and changing in, in, in my eye. I can put point in the Bible and see, oh my God, this is what's happening. That's what's happening. I can see it. So these are exciting times. For those who are in Christ and who 
It's not only being in Christ, but being in Christ and knowing Him, you will be at peace. But if you don't know, if you are still have a mentality of a child, you're going to be scared out of your mind. Because you don't know what's going to happen. And forget the world. The world is it. They don't know if they're coming or going. They're just going with the flow. But we in Christ, we are to stand strong and firm in the faith. Trusting in God as never before in our lives. Never before. And when you have children, you, gotta, you really got to live it. Because the children have to see. They got to see this, 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 the life of God in you. It, this, is not, this is not religion anymore. This is reality we got to live now. This is the reality we have to live today. Because our children are going to be impacted by everything that's happening in this world. When they go to school, or college, wherever they go, they go with their friends. They're hearing what they're saying. And what, how, are they, how are your children going to react? How are they going to react with what they hear? Are they going to be fearful or are they going to stand in faith? Because mom and God is strong. Mom and God is standing in faith. They believe it. And I'm seeing the hand of God in their lives. So I don't know what you are talking about. This is what I see going on in my household. Is mom and dad freaking out? Is mom and dad fearful? Is mom and dad, oh, they see mom and dad worshipping. Worshipping God. No matter what, they're worshipping and they're praising and they're seeing God do things in their lives. So, the Lord has to chasten them. He has to chasten them. He has to chasten them. Why? Because he has to train them. Tutor them. School them. Because they are sons. And they are not. They are sons and they are heirs in training. They have an inheritance. They are heirs in training. Let's go to Hebrews 12, 5, 6. Let's go there real quick. Are you there? Okay. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. Speak to you as to sons. He's not talking to you as children. Sons. Sons. <laughs> not little kids. Sons. Mature. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. As we read back in Deuteronomy, he has to chase God. He Lord has to chasten them. He said, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. When we're in the wilderness, we've been chastened. But don't despise it. He's chastening us because he loves us. But when, you, when, you, when you're chasing your children, when we were growing up and we were being chastened, that was not fun. Mom and dad hate me. But no, they were chasing us because they love us. They knew who we're supposed to be. But we weren't acting like how we're supposed to be. So they had to chasten us. They had to chasten us. So the, the Lord is saying here, if I chasten, I'm chasing you because I love you. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't be chastening you. So when you're going through your wilderness and you're getting chastened, Thank God for His love because He loves you. Ouch. <laughs> Everyone who He receives, 
Everyone who is going to be in the sheepfold is going to go through chastening. There are no exceptions. Because none of who comes out of Egypt, none who gets born again, is righteous. They have a, a righteousness of Christ, but they still have the mentality of the world. They don't know how to walk in righteousness. So they are, we are going to be chastened. And don't worry when you pray about you pray for your children and you see that it's hard as a parent to see your children going through stuff. But you have to leave it alone. You're praying for God to save them, to change them, to have them walk in the Spirit and to be men and women of God. But we freak out when the Lord is chastening them. Leave it alone. Let Him chasten them. Because we are moving on emotion. Because we don't like to see our children go through hard times. But you have to leave it alone. Sometimes it takes the hard times for them to get to a crossroads to choose to make the right choice. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. You guide them as best you can. But ultimately, God is in control of them. Not us. We are only, they're, only, they're only alone. They're only alone. I'm sorry. <laughs> you think you own them. You don't own them. They're alone to you. I don't care. They could be 40 years old. 50, they're still alone. They're not yours anymore. Okay. <clears throat> so he says, enjoy, if he said in verse 7, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom the father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. If God doesn't chasten you, you're not a son. You're illegitimate. You have, no, you have no right to the promise, to the inheritance. So, so if any good word you get today is like, when you're going through the wilderness, you're loved, and you're on your way to inheritance. So you have to just praise God for it. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Not for the pain, but I thank you in my tribulation. I thank you in, not for it, I thank you in it. This is the reality as, as we were praying for my brother. And I, I was telling him, I said, my brother, this is the reality of the, of, of, of the life of God. It's one thing to say it and read it. It's another thing to live it because you've got to live this day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour. You have to walk by faith. So this is where the rubber meets the road. Either you believe God or not. So the Lord is saying, what's in your heart? What is in your heart? Are you really going to obey me? Are you going to trust me? So we all have to go through it. Next week, <clears throat> actually I'm going, to, I'm going to touch on it. When you watch what God did with Abraham, with Moses, with John the Baptist, with Jesus, they all had to go through a wilderness, some type of wilderness experience. They all did. But it was for purpose. It was for purpose. So that God in due time. Remember what it says here? It said in Galatians. He said. They have tutors. And they have guardians. Until the time appointed by their father. 
they all went through their wilderness experience. And then when they, the time was right, the Lord launched them. Jesus didn't start his, the, his full-time ministry until after he came back from the wilderness, came through the wilderness. Moses didn't go to Pharaoh until after he had gone through his wilderness experience. John the Baptist didn't come out of the wilderness until he didn't start his ministry until after he came through the wilderness. There was a time of preparation. I'm already talking about some of the stuff I'm going to talk next week. A time of preparation until the time appointed by your father, by our father. 